How's it going? Welcome to the Youth of the Nation podcast, and I'm super excited. This is episode three of the Youth of the Nation podcast. I, I have loved recording, but it's been kind of weird just talking to myself. So I have a very good friend here, Talyn Austin. Say what's Yo, up. Yo, what's up? My name is Talyn Austin. What's going on, guys? Yeah, this is my guy, Talyn, and how we met is actually, I, I swear it was God. It was actually kind of funny. We were we were at Young Life Student Staff, and I was actually late to the first meeting that we had. Amen, amen. You know how we do. We run on colored yeah. people time, bro. I actually met you at the teriyaki stand, but you forgot about me. So yes, that's cool too. that yeah. is also mm-hmm. true. But that was super quick. Yeah. Um, and then we were like, oh, we saw each other again. Uh, but I had the worst memory, bro, so I, I apologize <laughs> for that. It's all good, man. So we met at Student Staff. And what we realized very quickly was we were the only two black males. I think that's safe to say. In the yeah, room. there might have been one more, but yeah. So only two black males and probably out of the five colored people. So we instantly <laughs> just got it. Tr- and Talin, follow him on Instagram. This man is dipped, just absolutely oh, dipped stop, like butter. Stop, stop, bro. I get it from you. I get it from you, bro. Man, he got the Yeezy gang, and he's not, <laughs> they're not fake. They're not feces either. They're real. No way. Real, come on, Yeezys. man. We can't, we can't be wearing the fake stuff, bro. Can't be. So, bro, Talyn, tell them, tell them so much yourself. How old you are? What you do for work, for yeah. ministry? Yeah. So I'm 25. Um, I actually just turned 25 last Thursday. So happy birthday to me. Yes, sir. Um, no, I'm kidding. Uh, I work at um, uh, a developing company called uh, Rock River Homes in Normandy Park. Um, I'm on the accounting team there doing some invoices and paying off bills and whatnot. And I'm also, uh, in ministry. I do young life for Kentwood. Um, I have junior boys, so they're going into their junior year this year, which I'm super excited about. Um, and also I'm starting up a middle school ministry. So please be praying for that. If that's you're awesome, there. bro. Yeah. If you're out there and you're a prayer warrior, be praying for me in that. Cause that's going to be huge. Um, and I also, uh, help out at real life with Taylor Murray. Um, in the gang at uh, uh, UD Undivided. That's so cool. So yeah, hands in a hands in a little bit of everything right now. So. That's how you got to do it. Yes, sir. That's awesome, man. Well, yeah, Talyn. I think something that real quick before we get into lead well, young leader, that encourages me about you is that you do have your hand in a lot of different things. I think you worked you worked out of middle school last year. Is that correct? I did. Yes, I was out of middle school and and I I loved it all. I was actually yeah. helping out with their ministry there too. They had a young life program going on as, as well and so um I will be stepping back into that a little bit, uh, but not as much since I'm starting my own middle school this year, so. Yeah. And I think that speaks to I don't know, I think that speaks to the idea of like we need to we can't just limit ourselves to one thing and that we can further our grasp of people. If that yeah. makes sense, that sounds creepy, but you know, Why we stop? like further our grasp, make our wide net so we can bring more kids in. And I think it's unfair to kids to say, like, I, I work, I lead at Lakes High School and Holoff Middle School, two schools in my area, two completely different environments. Mm-hmm. But as you know, I also serve at Life Center students, and I also have a, another job on top of that, and I also coach kids. So it's like, and people look at me and they're like, you're a crazy person. How do you do it? Yeah. yeah, you're doing all this crazy stuff. And I'm just like, no, not really. Like, this is this is who I am. This is who God made me to be is to serve mm-hmm. as many different people as I can. And I think that just speaks to who you are, bro. Of just and also could teach other leaders, especially who are 25, which is like the prime youth pastor kind of age. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, can speak to them and say, you don't have to just stick to one thing, but you can use your influence, which I hate that word, but I'll use it. You know, you can use your influence mm-hmm. to impact many people and many young people. And that's what this podcast is about. It's about helping young leaders like us and also even older people or even yeah. young people. How do I lead in this generation and in this world? Yeah. So, yeah, dude. Um, sweet. Yo, yo, yo. I'm back with Talyn Austin, and we are going into lead well, young leader. I love this. The last two times I've done this has been so fun, picking people's brains, getting people's responses. So, Talyn, I have a couple questions for you, bro. Yes, sir. What is going well in ministry for you? Oh, man, that's that's a tough question. Um, a lot. A lot is going well for me. Um, man, just to be ex- for an example, we have, um, you know, I have a consistent like uh, and that that word. I love that word consistent. I'm going to talk about that in a minute. Um, I have a consistent group of about seven guys um, that I take to camp with me almost every year. And I've been trying to get these guys to get this one person to come to camp. And uh, they're always like, no, man, he's not going to want to do that. That's not him. He, he's not about that. You know? Yeah. And I'm like, you guys can't stop what God has called for somebody. All right, let's That's get good, this. Bro. Let's get this kid to come to camp with us. He's going to have some fun, whether or not he commits to saying yes or not, but he gets to camp, man. And he starts breaking down his story, man. And he's, he's just falling in love with everything about camp. He's falling in love with everything about God. And, and, and those, it's those moments where you start to realize that, man, what, what I actually do is impacting other people. Right. And so this guy is, this guy is coming to church with me now. And, um, this guy is just loving, you know, the people around him. And he said yes to God. And it's just, those things make me feel like I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And I'm staying consistent with how I say I want to be. And, yeah. and those things are important to me. Uh, so I think I'm doing that really well as far as, you know, making sure that I'm being consistent with my guys and, and on top of them and making sure that everything that, you know, I say I'm supposed to be doing that I'm actually doing and, and just being consistent, man, is huge. I think yeah. it's so huge for us to be consistent these days, especially with, all the stuff that's going on in this world with people saying, you know, you're supposed to look this way. You're supposed to act mm-hmm. this way. And especially being in the church world, it's like, man, you have to dress this way. It's like, that's all oh, that's good. You put that stigma on it. And it's like, Oh, okay. I'm supposed to act out like that now. And it's like, nah, man, just be consistent in what you do, bro. Yeah. And, and God's going to love you either way. So. Dang, Talyn, he brought out the Talyn. You brought out the uh, the church wear, bro. I didn't know we were going there today. My fault, bro. I, I wasn't trying to do that. I, nah, my man. my bad to the people who dress churchy. I apologize. Nah, nah, no, you got to speak about it though, because that's true. I think I love the I love that word you you gave consistent. And yeah. I talked about that last week. The idea of continuing to walk with kids. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't know if you listened to it, but like we 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 always want to force kids into the kingdom as fast as we can. Exactly. As fast as we can. And I'm just like, okay, like that's true. We want to get kids to know Jesus. And my leader, my youth pastor, Eddie Johnson was the same way. Like I knew he wanted me to have an authentic, real relationship with Jesus. But the thing is, is after I began to follow Jesus and as I'm continuing to follow Jesus, he kept walking with me. And he kept being consistent and he kept loving me, even though I was making the most boneheaded decisions so good. after I decided to follow God. So you know good. what I mean? Yeah. And I think we get scared. And I know you don't get scared, but I think some people get scared of these kids' stories. 
Yeah. Because they're traumatic. They're yeah. real. Oh, man. It's so, and, and I was just thinking about this the other day. It's like, man, I have a story of non, you know, a story of all stories to, you yeah. know, to tell. And, and I For tell sure. these kids all the time, like, yo, my life wasn't easy. I come from a background where my parents were divorced at five. You know, I lost my dad just a couple of years ago. And blah, yeah. blah, blah. And so it's like, man, I have a story to tell. And, and it, it's, things keep happening. But these kids are going through things so deep. And if we are saying that we want the right to be heard by them, we have to listen. Yes. Right? And when, when they do tell us our stories, their stories, and, and when we are listening, it's not a chance for us to run. This is a chance for us to lean in. Mm-hmm. This is a chance for us to go deeper. Right now we're knees deep. All right. There's no walking away from this one. So it's just, it's just all about that consistency, man. If we're consistently reading our word and consistently being poured into, we're able to consistently keep pouring. Right. And so why not do that? Why not help somebody whose story is a little different than ours? Right. And so Mm -hmm. I just, I love pouring into these kids because they need somebody nowadays, bro. The world is dark. And I know that's such a cliche thing to say, but the world is that it's dark place out there right now, man. There's so much going on and kids are scared to go back to school, especially after everything that's happened in this last couple of years with school shootings. And -hmm. and so it's just like, man, if I'm, if I'm showing up and I'm consistent and and making sure these kids are good, um, then I feel like I'm doing, I'm doing good by, by Jesus. So, wow. I think that's huge. I think that's it's huge to good, be consistent, bro. bro. That's huge. And I love that we are knee deep in it. We're all up in it and we can't be, we can't be afraid of it. Nope. So, uh, second question for you, bro, is if you could encourage yourself five years ago, which is basically you would be encouraging me cause I'm 20, you're 25. So if you could encourage yourself five years ago, what like what would be a couple things you would share to yourself, not strictly to ministry, but just in life in general? As a, I'm guess I'm guessing you were giving certain kinds of leadership at 20. What would you? How would you help yourself walk through that or navigate that young sense of leadership? Oh man, it's it's hard to it's hard to uh, go through doing ministry at a young age, um, and think that you're doing it by yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that I think that being in ministry at I mean, and, and that's just going off of ministry ways, just because that's what I knew. And so being in ministry at a young age, um, you know, you're looked at as like, oh, does this guy actually have it? And it's like, man, I'm not it's not about me. Um, I'm not doing this on my own. So I would encourage myself back then and be like, yo, you don't have to do this alone, man. You have God. And I tried to I tried to take um, I tried to take it all in you know, on my own. Yeah. I tried to do things by myself and I had to realize like, yo, I have to step back a little bit, look at the big picture and realize why, why am I doing this? What is the reason for it? Um, so I think sometimes as younger people, we, we, we kind of take uh, the definition of what it is to be in ministry out of ministry mm. um, and kind of put things on our own. And I think that we can't do that anymore. We got to go back to the, to the root of it all, which is Jesus. Right. And so yeah. we can't do this walk by ourselves. So we got to have God on our sides. And I believe that wholeheartedly. Um, and I would definitely tell myself, again, going back to being consistent, like I was in and out. I was jumping in and out, going to Young Life, not going to Young Life, helping out, not helping out, mm-hmm. um, going to parties, you know, going to school and going to parties and just doing things that are just not, you know, uh, ministry based. And, and it's it's hard to try to live that double lifestyle. So, yeah, don't do things on your own, like mm-hmm. re- really, really lean not on your own understanding. And yeah. I think that that's huge. Like you can't do it by yourself yeah. um, and there, there's no way around it. So that's true. And I think, I mean, that's what, I mean, that's how leaders falls when they feel like they need to do it on their own mm-hmm. and that they have so much to not, I don't want to say hide cause I don't want to open that can of worms, but 
I guess we're going to like that's, <laughs> that sense of like, I need to hide what I'm doing or hide what I'm saying or yeah. hide who I am. And also as you're speaking as being a young person and doing ministry on our own, that, I mean, ministry is the, one of the most lone is the loneliest thing it's lonely, because yeah. a lot of your friends that don't follow Jesus, they're going to start saying, man, that dude changed. And you're like, and you don't want to say, yeah, I did, but you, we did, you know what I mean? And so I don't know. I think to Lynn, that is such a wise thing to say of like, I would tell you like, don't do it on your own. And yeah. that's where the enemy wants to tear people down is exactly. when they get alone, you know, they're at 11, you know, 11 PM at night, they're chilling on the couch yeah. and the devil's like, but remember when you said that during that exactly. sermon? Exactly. Exactly. Remember and when I, you looked at that girl? So man, that's, mm. that's so good, bro. And I think it's huge to, to also, I would have told myself back then man, find a mentor. Um, and I say that because I have a mentor now um, Yeesh. and my mentor now is, is, is he's the kind of mentor. I have a couple. He's, a who, who's your mentor? I would say the main mentor I have in my life right now is Ed Holmes, but I also have Taylor Murray. Shout out yes. to Taylor Murray. Shout Love out to Ed Holmes. Guy. Those Taylor dudes Murray. are, those dudes are, are great. And, yeah. and, you know, they're constantly checking in on me, making sure that life is going good for me. And I'm, I'm staying on the things I say I want to stay on, making sure finances are good and eating habits are good and ministry stuff is good and reading my Bible is good. And, and if I didn't have that consistency in my ministry, people, for people to be doing life with me, I would be so lost. So don't yeah. only not do it by yourself when it comes to ministry with God, but don't do it by yourself when it comes to ministry and people. Mm -hmm. Find somebody to pour into you so that way you can help pour into others because doing it without a role model or doing it without a uh, mentor is it's tough. Honestly, I think if you're a minister and you don't have a mentor, you're doing it wrong. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. And that, I mean, that might even turn some people sour of the idea Ooh. of like, you know, I didn't, I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to make, nah, but mad. I think, yeah, I think it's to get real, bro. Right now. Yeah. Because like, think about the disciples, like, as we and they had the best mentor ever, exactly. right? It was like our, Jesus. Yeah. our mentors are all humans, which I love them to death. My mentors, I love them to death, but they're still human. You know what exactly. I mean? Exactly, exactly. But the disciples had the best mentor of all time. But Jesus, I think the coolest thing about obviously about their mentor is imagine if those disciples were trying to do it not connected to Jesus, right? They'd be it would, idiots. It like, would be, whole, they were already idiots and yeah. God turned them into something great, right? Like, come on. And I mean, I'm going through this Pentateuch class right now, which is, you know, first five books of the Bible. And mm -hmm. the craziest thing about this class is I'm learning God still loves the idiots. And like, Man. even when they don't have a direct mentor, like God's like speaking directly to them saying, hey, don't do these things. I'm for you. Don't do this. And they go and do the thing that he told them not to do. And when he says, hey, don't have a king because he's going to kill you guys and, and, and use you as an army. And they're like, oh, yeah. no, we'll be good. Yeah. And he's like, and then they're like, oh, dang, that actually happened. God's right. actually God and knows what's going <laughs> to happen. And but God still and I was reading Hosea. And in the beginning of Hosea, he talks about I'm all up in this Old Testament. I'm loving it, bro. But yeah. I'm in Hosea, and he's talking about, like, you guys, basically, like, the summary of it is, like, you guys, I'm done with y'all. Like, y'all got to go. Like, you guys mm -hmm. are not my people. I'm done with y'all. Like, straight up. And 
when you hear that from God, you're like, whoa, what will happen to this loving, graceful God? But then at the end of the scripture, and I put this in my paper, he says that you are my people, that it will say that you are my people. So even after they made this decision to worship another God or call God by a different name, he still says that at the end of, at the end of that all, you are my people. Mm. And I was like, what? Because he had just warned him. Like, I don't know if I was God, I could be like, oh, I told you guys not to do this and you did it. Well, now you guys are gone forever. But, uh, you know, thank God I'm not God because that's how it would be. Like, that's how I would feel that I would want to reply to those people. But that's not how God replied to his people. He was upset and he had demands and he and, and he was hurt and angry about it. But the grace that he sh- uh, he showed in that moment is just, you know, it's just beautiful, bro. Yeah, yeah. Sweet. I think that's huge. Dude, that's so good, man. Thank you. Well, lead well, young leader. As I summarize that, I think about what Talin said. This being consistent and uh, that you are not alone in ministry. And the number one thing that I love about what we're talking about is that we need a mentor. Find someone to mentor you. And Jesus was with the 12 most bonehead dudes. One of the dudes (laughs) put him up on the cross because so he could be killed. So he just get a little bit of money. Like he was kicking it with the 12 most boneheaded dudes and he walked with them and loved them well and also corrected them when they needed to be corrected, which was a lot and loved them when they always needed love. Mm-hmm. And so I encourage you that find a mentor because your mentor won't be Jesus, but your mentor can point you closer to Jesus. So what we're going to do now is we're going to go into What's the Haps with Talin Austin? Let's go. Awesome, awesome. Well, welcome back. We are now on What's the Haps. Talin was telling me about some things he wanted to talk about. And I was like, let's do it. So these <laughs> topics, again, they're random. A lot of people had said, what do they have to do with the podcast? And I'm going to tell you straight up, they don't have anything to do with the podcast. Let's just talk I, about it. I just love talking about stuff and I love sports and rap and sleep coaches, which we're about to get into. <laughs> so it's going to be funny. So first let's touch on sleep coaches to bro. This stuff is ridiculous. Explain this, this to me, Nate. Let me explain it to you, bro. So this is how the article opens. New parents will try to try. will try just about anything to get a fussy baby to sleep from rocking, nursing, singing, to popping them into an infant seat for a nighttime car ride. Now, groggy moms and dads are trying a new tool, a sleep coach. Mm. Now, get this. Get this, bro. About one in five parents of six-month-olds report problems getting their babies to sleep, which, okay, I get it. Yep. That, ha- that happens. Some are tr- turning to a small but growing industry of sleep consultants for help. For fees ranging, for, listen to this, from 300 for two weeks of consultations and text to seven. $7,500 for 72 hours of in-home coaching. These advisors help parents get babies to sleep on their own. Now, look, I actually, I was going to bag on it, but I'm kind of going to respect them a little bit because I can get it. It's hard to get a baby to sleep. Man. I live with. Nate, stop. Go ahead. Stop, Nate. <laughs> I'm going to cut you off right there, brother. If you can't take care of your kid, do not have one. Simple. You're going to pay $7,500 
for seven, two hours of in-home coaching for somebody to show you how to put your kid to sleep? That's I think, ridiculous. That's I don't know. Ridiculous. I think it's less that they don't – it's not that they're not parenting their kid. It's that some parents don't, like, they don't – and, you know, it's kind of unfair for us because we're not parents. But Exactly. That's I've, true, too. Hey, I as apologize been for around, moms out there who are tired. I love you guys. You guys are great. As we've been, but we've both been around babies. We live with young, young my, kids. My brother's eighteen months. So yeah. Yes, and so I think it's less of not being able to take care of the child, but like they just like, hey, this baby needs to go to sleep right now. But to <laughs> Lynn, you are an African American man, as am I, bro, in the hood. And I'm not really from the Look, hood, but, hey, you mom, know. My mom can get your kid to go to kids. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, she'll take $20 to get right? you to bed quick. Where you put say, <laughs> come here. She'll whisper in your ear, you better go to sleep. And you don't even understand English yet, but you just understand yeah. the, like, the urgency of you needing to go to bed. I'm going to force feed you this bottle and you're oh going goodness. to sleep tonight, right? <laughs> it was the three things. It was change your diaper. All right, your diaper ain't need to be changed. Bet. Go to bed. Love you. And they're like, where's the story at? Like, I need a little story. My mom was like, I ain't reading you no story. Go to bed, boy. I got to work in the morning. Right. So all I'm saying is, bro, is now I look at these pictures. And I just want to know what's the uh, demographic of races that are um, or ethnicity, ethnicities that are doing this. Ooh. As I look at the photos, you know, straight up, it's a bunch of white people. Yeah. But that's okay. And I think... I think the coolest thing is that they're trying to get their baby to sleep. And, yeah. I, and I, res- I respect that. I understand that. But, man, I don't know if I could be spending $7,500 trying, man. To, get, trying nah. to get a baby to sleep. Like That's I too said, much money, man. my mom got me to sleep for free. It was easy. Yeah. It was go to bed, boy. Especially when I could, like, talk and speak English and I had my own opin- opinions. You didn't have your own opinions. It was like this. You be laying down. All right. You get up. Hey, you know, I'm hungry, whatever. She's like, you ain't hungry. You're like, you don't know me like right, that. Like, right. you ain't me. Like, I'm hungry. Or you go, hey, hey, mom, can you come tell me goodnight one more time? I said goodnight four times already, <laughs> boy. You better go to bed. You right. I'm, all right. I'm going to sleep this time. Yep. Grab my belt. Yep. <laughs> okay. That's going to work. I'm, I'm going to stay in boy, this room until you, I fall asleep. Can you crack the door? <laughs> Crack the door, man. Close the door. Yeah, right. He sleeps with the light on, <laughs> which is insane to me because I'm like, I used to be afraid of the dark because they never cracked the door. But mm. the funniest thing about, I think, about because us being raised not super similar, no, very similar, I believe, is like they like, they straight up, I feel like our parents could do this sleep coaching for cheaper. And they all they need is 20 minutes with the kid. That's it. 20 minutes. That's it. And they won't even threaten the kid. They'll just look the kid in the eye and say, hey, you need to go to bed, boy. Yeah, because you ain't going to threaten somebody girl. else's kid. You can do it nah, to your own kid. You can't you're do that. you not going to do it to you, somebody else's. You know, so they're going to throw on the nice clothes, come over to the house and be like, yo, so uh, this kid ain't going to sleep. Bet. <laughs> give me a bottle. Give me a diaper. Bet. Diaper. Bottle. Done. And I don't know what they do with the bottle, but all I know is my mom told me that, like, there's not a lot of, I was not a really hectic baby when I was sleeping, like, because she knew how to get me, like, to be quiet and put me down. Yeah. So my emphasis is this story is straight ridiculous. Yeah. But, you know, 
I'm going to respect on it. it. Put a stamp yeah, on it. Yeah, put a stamp bro. on it. Um, I don't know if I ever heard something like that in my life. That's crazy. <laughs> I mean, but we're in 2018. People are trying yeah. new things. Whatever. But, but can they not try new things? Like, can I ask that? <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, Give me 7,500. I'll come, I'll come take care of your kid for you. I'll, shoot, I need that. By the whip. <laughs> I don't care. Tell me about it. Nah, there's probably special trains behind it. All that stuff. Whatever. Yeah, sure. But um, next, man. Dude. Have you heard this new Eminem album? So I haven't listened to the whole thing. I have not listened to the whole thing, but I do know that he did this diss track, man, where he touched on some some sensitive subjects. So there's some rappers in the game right now that are real upset. And uh, yep. I've heard some diss tracks. On, and people are firing back at him. And, and it's time for me to go listen to that album tonight just to, just to see, like, man, what, what did he say where he's got MGK so furious that he put out a diss track? today so like he heard about it, it yes like, uh, i'm firing back this boy eminem because i listened to the whole thing and this boy eminem went off on everybody he and he does it in such a way that where you're like i missed it and when you listen back to it the second time you're like oh i got it this time mm. so eminem dropped a surprise album out of nowhere which is what surprise means. But, you know, drops a surprise album. Nobody knew about it. <laughs> and drops it. And I was like, ah, whatever. Because I didn't listen to his last album just because I did it. I haven't yet. Yeah. But everyone was saying, but you got to listen to Kamikaze. You got to listen to Kamikaze. And I think a lot of people get it twisted. Like, I'm not out here, and I'm not going to start cussing people out just because I listened to the Eminem album. It doesn't change that I love Jesus. It's just I love rap. And he's going for heads. I'm going to just be real. Yes. So, but the most interesting part to Lynn is this boy Eminem, this is NF, who's a Christian rapper. Did you hear about that? That's, uh, explain. Explain a little more what's going on here. So, NF, who's probably, actually, uh, statistics say he's the biggest Christian rapper right now. Just a album sales. Bigger bigger than than, than Lecrae? Yeah, his his album wow. sales are huge. That song "Let Me Down," man, that gets the simping millennials, bro. So, wow. yeah, that gets the sad people going, which is weird to me. But whatever. Uh, but yeah, it gets the sad people going. So N- NF, he is from Michigan. So in NF's defense, like he is going to be inspired by Eminem because M is from Detroit. So M's from Detroit and whatever. Like M's, you seen Eight Mile? M's just vulgar nasty whatever and he's talking about basically he brings up i wish i had the lyrics they're not coming up but he brings up yo this girl said that i should go back and listen to my old music so i can learn how i was so good basically is what he's saying and then he says why would i do that i could just listen to an nfing or nfing recovery clone so He's saying an effing, but he's saying n effing, which is nf. Yeah. And he's saying that nf is a clone of him. And I was like, yeesh. Now some people are saying like, man, we're reaching. He he just said n effing, but we know Eminem. He is not scared of the f word. Like no, he's, he's not, not. He's not afraid of the f word. And then his little ad lib says nf ha. So he he's going for nf's head, which is true. I don't. That was my biggest bag on NF as just an artist is that he um he sounds I don't know if you ever listen to NF but to me he just sound very similar to Eminem 
he was just a Christian version of him, which I was okay with because I love me some Christian music. So I don't know, man. What do you think? What do you think about Eminem dissing a Christian rapper? I think that Eminem is off his rocker. Um, <laughs> and I say, I say this because, <laughs> I, I mean, and people love Eminem. Don't get me wrong. People love Eminem. When, when you hear, and I'm going to go there. Sorry if I touch feelings, but I'm going there. When you hear white people say, oh, my God, who's the best rapper in the game? They say Eminem, right? Because he's mm-hmm. white and he has good lyrics. But he, Majority, doesn't relate, yep. he doesn't relate to my culture. He, has, he can't speak to me at all. There's nothing that wow. you can say where I'm like, yo, that, okay, Eminem, you said it that. And that's not me. You know what I mean? So for, yeah. for him to, to diss a Christian, I think that something's not mentally there for him. Like this guy's not coming for anybody. I can see if he was going after the mumble rappers of today who aren't helping society at all. Which he did. He did go he after did. them. That's what I'm saying. And he did. He went after the mumble rappers. He went after, you know, MGK and GEs or whoever he went after. But to go after somebody who is doing the good works. That makes me mad. That makes me not like M anymore. I don't want to even. I don't even want to listen to that album, bro. You're going after the guy NF, and I don't even listen to NF music. I just know he's a good dude, so it makes me mad. I yeah. think that Eminem needs to uh, to stop worrying about dissing people and figure out what's going on with his daughter, right? Yeah, yeah, he did. What'd you say? Say it one more time. Uh, he needs to stop. Uh... Yes, he's he he's going crazy. Is basically the essence yeah, of what honestly. we're saying. Honestly, um, but so I got the line now. So um, he says, I mailed that it back. Won't say it. And said, if I did that, I'd just be like everyone else in the effing industry, especially an effing recovery clone of me. And then the MGK line says, Chicken Wang, MGK, Iggy Za, Lil Pump, Lil Xan, imitate Lil Wayne. I should aim at everybody in the game. Pick a name. So I'm going to be honest. That bar when you listen to it in the song, because I'm not Eminem, is nasty. Bro. He goes in. And I'm not um, taking anything away <laughs> from the guy. The guy is he's lyrically a genius. You know, come come at me. For sure. But anyway, but just don't, don't at me for it. But I'm just saying that I don't think that Eminem is top five. Because he doesn't make music for people who... Like, I would never walk into a gym listening to an Eminem song to get pumped up. I would never wow. I would never go to a church service. I would never go to a a concert and and be like, "Yeah, man, are you you know they're playing that new Eminem song that just came out, but you would if it was an artist like Drake or you would if it was an artist like Kendrick Lamar because yeah. those guys speak to to dudes like me. And this is this is a podcast about my opinion, so I have it. I'm entitled to it, but I just I don't like Eminem. I don't like him. I think he's a great rapper. I think he's a great artist. But to start coming for people who don't do anything or don't say anything about other people in the game is just like, all right, now you're reaching. Now, now you're really reaching, bro. Like, yeah, go for Donald Trump who's not helping people. Or, yeah, go for little Yachty who's mumbling on songs. But to go for somebody who is actually a benefit to other people, you're, you're pretty whack, dog. Yeah. Okay, bro. Appreciate that. But yeah, man, I, I don't know. I think, I think as Eminem, he kind of – he probably feels untouchable. You know what I mean? Like who can stop him? And MGK coming true. back with it. MGK coming back with the diss, which it, to me is, I mean, is cool too. Like, did you listen to it? Yeah, I listened to it, and he's, I mean, he's going. It's just funny when you got these two white boys going after each other. But, <laughs> I think it's hilarious. Uh, and, but and no, again, you're right. Like, again, don't get me wrong. If 
somehow Eminem were to hear this, I'm not dissing you, bro. You're you're great. You just don't have music for me, and that's I think that's okay. That's so. and that's and that's to, the thing is that's totally fine. And I think people are like, well, you know, he's, but it's true. Like he's, you are a black dude. That, and don't get me wrong, I went to the G Easy concert. That dude makes some slaps for sure. You know and what I mean? But of course, Eminem he makes slaps. Did, Eminem just doesn't have. Yeah music for me i don't know I, don't, I just don't i don't like his music i guess mm-hmm. great artist oh, lyrically inclined the guy can say and do anything he wants because that's who he is yeah but he just doesn't have music for me all right bro yeah man i think i think for me what i love about him because me and you are different boats in this i love eminem and i like i love i like i he he it's not that he has music for me but it's the idea of like man his music is real you know what i mean because i think a lot of artists they you you get the you get the interview person and then you Mm. get the recording rapper person and i just don't like that in music i I want you to be consistent and this is like we're talking about consistency that boy eminem he's consistent he came out and said i am a white dude rapper my family life was crazy and i'm angry all the time and what do we get in 2018 20 years later after all that stuff <laughs> we still have white boy eminem from detroit who's angry all the time so i mean that's what i appreciate about him and his music to me a lot of it is just funny that's how me and my brother tyree that's how we were raised like listening to like you know with a real slim shady please stand up like all that stuff like that was our music so but now i hear you man on the idea of he doesn't have music there's a couple guys like g easy don't care logic does not have one song for me. Like, and people are like, bro, why don't you? I can't believe you don't like Logic. I can't believe you don't like Logic. And I'm like, his music's just not for me. And yeah. that's okay. That's, to- and I think people, this, this is what fandom is. And we even do this in the Christian world, right? Is when we hear that someone doesn't like something, they're instantly an evil person because they don't like it. Like, like, oh, bro, you didn't like that new Zoe worship album? You're ridiculous. What are you talking? You don't get me. Right, you don't understand right. God. You don't, you probably have never even read the Old Testament. So wait, wait, back up here. You don't like the new Zoe album? Oh, no, no. It's heat. It's really good. Okay. But okay. Okay. I'm Just saying sure. <laughs> that's what we do, right? It's like, oh, you didn't like that new Hillsong album? Oh, man, I don't know if you really like lo- loving God. Yeah, and same true, thing man. with music. Oh, you don't like Eminem? Well, you guess you must not really know rap. You must not really know music, which is uh, not true. We all have our different. We all have our different opinions, different ways. Like my my girlfriend Julia, uh, she loves like Elvis and all. You know, just a lot of like eighties, like eighties stuff, seventies yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. And at first, I was like, I can't do this. But I listened to the music. <laughs> And it's kind See, of and I, could, I could shock the world right now because it's not about him being a white rapper. It's not about at all. Oh, I did sure. say that. I did say that. And I, and I want to reframe from from thinking that just because he's white doesn't mean it. But I'm just saying his music. I listen to, yeah. to artists. I don't even know if I'm saying the name right, but they have that song uh, Through These Tears. And it's amazing. I listen to artists like, uh, what's that band? 1975. Yeah, I bet you don't even know who that is, Nate. Do it. Nope. But those are the art. Like these are artists I listen to on this. I used to go okay. to country concerts. Are you a country about, guy? It's not, a, it's not about white and black. It's just his music's not good for me. Are you a country so, guy? I was at one point. I I, I got over that phase, dude. A yeah. While ago. yeah, good man. Because so. 
good because I was gonna have to. I was we we're gonna have to get off this podcast. Bro. I can't. <laughs> I can't be messing with that. And I don't. Some people might click off because I'm saying this, but man, country. <sighs> anyway, sweet man. Well, I'm glad we could <laughs> dive in deep with some Eminem. This is NF and some Christian music, all that kind of stuff. I love right, NF. Yeah, NF goes in. Uh, all right, man. So me and you. We love each other. Like, you are my boy. You are my man. Uh, I'm for you. I'm never against you. But I am against you in this one topic. LeBron versus Kobe, man. And you know how we feel about this. And you know how we feel about this. So I want LeBron you... just wants to be Kobe. That's it. That's what he, <laughs> he, just, he even joined the team of greatness to try and be just like him. Oh, my on, goodness. Man. You're a hater, bro. I swear no, I'm you not. are. I'm not, bro. Listen to this, bro. The guy... <laughs> I'm not taking anything away from LeBron James because he's a phenomenal basketball player. The dude's probably the best in the league as we speak. And I won't say probably. He is the best in the game as we speak. But when it comes down to Kobe, he takes a back seat because Kobe's better than him. Simple as that, dude. Okay. Um... And, and we could talk rings and all that. We could talk rings. And if that's the case, then yeah, blah, blah, blah would be better than Kobe. But still, if that's the case, then Kobe's better than LeBron because he has more rings than him. Okay. I'm a I'm a I'm a tackle this topic threefold. First of all, I don't think LeBron. I think early on LeBron, like, because when you're coming up, I mean, he came out just out of high school, just like Kobe. So yeah. instantly he was instantly compared to Kobe, right? Out of out of high school compared to Kobe. Now, honestly, if I think about it, I was only five when LeBron came into the league. Like, think about that. That's crazy. Mm. Like, I was only five when LeBron was drafted into the league. So all I know is great, the greatness of, also know the greatness of Kobe. And that's why I became a Lakers fan is because of Kobe. Now yeah, yeah. you're, you're not, you're not one of those guys that hates LeBron so much that you can't cheer for the Lakers. No, I'm a hardcore Lakers fan, bro. So I'm going okay. to cheer so for the you, Lakers. You are for LeBron being on the Lakers. 100%. They're good. He's going to okay. make our team great again. And I appreciate that. Okay, so now we can agree a little bit more because that's what I found. Because you know, some of the Lakers fans are like, "I can't, I can't cheer for, I can't cheer for LA because LeBron thinks he's trying to take Kobe's throne." LeBron can't do that. It's impossible. LeBron's going to play there for four years, maybe more, but he's going to play there for you know, we know for sure four years. He'll retire there. And yeah, he'll retire there. He he's got he's going to win a chip, and like I just think. I just think it's crazy that like there's Lakers fans that can't cheer for the Lakers when they're actually good because the fast the past five what, four or five years of our life has been hell. It's like, been crazy. Has, has it been fun? It's been wild. <laughs> like the NBA has been OKC um, and and the Warriors and Cleveland show, and I hate and whatever, every no, minute of it. Bro. And whatever team LeBron's on show, yeah, that's yeah. what whatever it's been. team LeBron's on show, <laughs> and I hated it, bro. O- like literally, I keep saying OKC, but the Warriors are one of the most hated teams in the NBA. Why? Because they have Kevin Durant, Stephen Curry, Klay Thompson, now adding DeMarcus Cousins, <laughs> and Draymond, bro. Speak on it, bro. Oh, my goodness, Nate. Okay, so I'll, I'll give you this. Steph, Clay, and Draymond 
not really like your all-star players that drafted number one and, and looked at as those players that they, that people should watch out for and, and whatnot. But like the fact that they built that team together and they became a winning team was huge. It was, it was, it's a great story to watch, to watch. And I can't wait to see the 30 for 34 when it comes out because it is. That's good word, bro. And so I think that them adding players like Kevin Durant and Dre, or not Draymond, but Kevin Durant and Demarcus Cousins to the team is, is absolutely cheating because <laughs> they were they were already doing it before they got there. So now you're adding the best center in the game, probably one of the best shooting guards in the game, and and like what? That does it's not fair. It's not fair. Like yeah. no one is. If I'm being real with you, I love the Lakers, and I I hope we somehow defeat every team in the West. But there's no way. No, there's no way. There is no way. And I've heard talks of even Boston, but I don't even think Boston could do it. There's no way anybody is going to be able to beat the Warriors. There's just there's just no way. They're too good of a team, bro. Man, you are feeling good about that. I think I, – all right, so I I do think it's insane that they have all those players on one team, but it's not unfair. You know what I mean? Because unfair would be – if Golden State was giving way more money, so if they were giving two billion dollars to to get players, and Philly was giving one billion, they all have cap space. They all have money to sign people. They all have drafts. Like anybody could have, you know, I don't know where. I think Stephen Curry was drafted seventh or eleventh. I could be wrong on that, but yeah. like they all have that opportunity to do that. So. I think the the idea of unfair isn't is is isn't fair to the Warriors because they all have the, they all have the opportunity to draft Clay, they all have the opportunity to draft Draymond, they all have the opportunity to draft Steph. They, I, I mean, no, and I and I agree with that. Like they put the team together, they put this team together, right? They drafted Clay, they drafted Steph, they had Draymond at the time. I think they had was it Harrison Harrison Barnes or not Harrison Barnes? Who was it? Um, something Barnes anyway, and then they had uh, Iguodala, who was a, a phenomenal player his whole career. Um, but they became good. Like, yeah. they became this unit. And the part that's unfair to me is the fact that you get a guy like Kevin Durant saying in the year before, and you can talk about sports and, out, and you know, people who have said this before, and I agree with it wholeheartedly that you don't join the team that beats you. You, be, you try and find a way to beat them. Hmm. Okay. Am I wrong for that? Am I wrong for Durant's a great player because he was drafted by the Seattle Supersonics. Yeah, RIP Seattle Supersonics. But you don't you don't join the team that beat you. You try and find a way to beat them. That's like me saying like, "Yo, all right, so um, Philly and Seattle play in the Super Bowl, and uh, <laughs> I'm a Seattle Seahawks fan, and I love Seattle, but uh, the Philly Philly beat Seattle, so." Guess I'm a Philly fan now. Yeah. No, that that's not how it works. You rock with your team, and then you you. I mean, obviously, I'm not playing, but you rock with your team, and you try and figure out how next year. Okay, let's put some stuff together and let's let's beat this team. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that, I think that's just weird, bro. Yeah. I don't know. That's something yeah. I've always wanted to talk about, and it touches me in the wrong way. Yeah, man. I could tell that you are angry. I think, and real quick <laughs> before we end this, wrap this up. I think K. I think KD. So. I would be – I was – at first I was like, man, this guy's a snake. Like, he just doesn't care about his team, doesn't get – you know, doesn't get sports, isn't, you know, isn't fun, doesn't have a good time and all this kind of stuff. And then I realized I was like, well, that's not true. 
Russell Westbrook, and we're just going to speak on it real quick. Like, to me, Russell Westbrook was a – he's a great player. A great player. Yes, he is. Athletic as all get out. Like, he is so good. But he was hurting KD and his chances of winning a championship. I, I do not feel – What's the word? I don't feel like ashamed or I'm not scared of, or I'm, I am totally comfortable with saying, I do not think Russell Westbrook will ever win a ring. He might be the next Carmelo Anthony kind of, I mean, he's better than Carmelo Anthony, but he, he, he's going to be hoping and he's going to drop triple doubles after triple doubles after triple doubles. But unless he can find a way to hone in this idea that I need the ball at all times, or I have to score at all times, or I have to get a triple double and I'm just going to stack this score sheet. I don't think he's going to win a ring because it's just not, it's not feasible. It's not going to work. And that's what I think. Yeah. And that, that's why I'm okay with Katie leaving now to the team. Come on, bro. But that's why I'm okay with Katie leaving in the first place was he needed to bro, win. Again, KD go, please leave. It's where you join is the <laughs> I problem, knew you were bro. Say it. <laughs> it's where you join is the problem, bro. KD could have left and went to any other oh, and man. been okay. But the fact that he left and went to the team that beat him being up 3-1, come on. Tell me that doesn't touch you in a spot where you're just like, ah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, come on, bro. I know there's some people out there that are feeling me, and I know there's some people out there that are going to be like, bro, this guy's dumb. But whatever. Like, say what you got to say. KD joined a team that beat him after being up 3-1. Mm-hmm. He had a chance to win, but then he lost. And then was like, yo, I'm going to join that team. <laughs> like, yeah, no, that's – don't get me wrong. I love him. He got drafted by Seattle, mm-hmm. but he made a dumb decision. I'm sorry. I was. I don't like it. Wow, bro. Passionate. Passionate. <laughs> no, I love it, man. Sweet. Um, that's awesome. So that's what's the haps. Again, sleep coaches. Whatever. I'm not. We we were dissing, but I think we kind of came to the conclusion like it's still weird. And if you want a sleep coach, hire a black mom. You're gonna be all right. Hire a black mom. Look, my mom's number, I'll give it to you right now. She will be able to help you put your kid <laughs> yep. to sleep. I promise you. Yes. Um, Eminem <laughs> is uh, – insulin's instance is off his rocker and is tripping, dissing, NF. I think that Eminem is one of the goats and that he's going in and that NF is a very close copy to Eminem. So he is – I believe he is granted in making that diss. And – LeBron versus Kobe, we have our agree-to-disagree moments. Uh, go Lakers. Go Lakers. That's what we agree on. Me and Tillin agree that Lakers, let's go Lakers, and let's get this ring so I can have another argument against Kobe. Also, no, I'm just joking. <laughs> and, uh, hey, best of luck to you guys this season, man. <laughs> the Eagles, yeah, best of luck, bro. Hey, chill out, bro. Um, okay, yeah, my fault. Yeah, man, it's 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 tough. We got to get Wentz back. Falls better. We play this Thursday. I don't play this Thursday, but Falls better um start putting some steroids in or something because he's tripping right now. <laughs> that boy is throwing ducks. We'll see. Guys lost to the Browns in the preseason. Five zero to rough. the Browns, bro. All we how rough is all we that? We had to score was a touch. All, we didn't have to score. We just needed two field goals to win the game. That's all we needed. But he he threw what three. <laughs> Three picks and uh, had a fumble. Anyway, sorry, I apologize. I didn't mean to touch. Nah, you, yeah, man, you know. it's okay. I'm hurt. You, yeah, you're not coming back for. I'm not. Hey, but yeah. guess what? Oh, 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 and four with the Seahawks. So can't really hey, say they, much. we dude, lost to every I'm, team. So I'm praying for the Hawks. I'm praying for the Hawks. 
Hey, but we didn't have Russell in most of the time. Though. Yeah, so no. If Russell was in, he's a, he's a fourth quarter game changer. So you put Russell in the fourth quarter, most of those Easy. games are probably gonna win. You know what yeah, I mean? Bunch of bums, bunch <laughs> of bums, um, playing. Yeah, that's why I, preseason means nothing, and I think it's awful. It doesn't. It doesn't mean anything because no. I mean it. it I think does it should mean be two games to the players it, that it are playing, be, trying to get their job, trying to get their spot. I agree, and I think I think that um, listening to. Um, the take or whatever. I, I listen to it ESPN in the morning all the time. First take. And they were saying how pre yeah, first take, sorry, with uh, Stephen A. Smith, who is annoying anyway. Um <laughs> it's blasphemous. Stephen A. Smith, yeah, Stephen A. Smith was talking <laughs> about uh how how I think how preseason should be shortened. And I agree. I think that players who want a chance should be able to prove themselves in the first two games. Um because you're just you're you're running the risk of someone getting injured um and all that stuff. So and just like Thursday night's game, I think Thursday night game should be taken off as well. But that's a whole other subject. We can yes, talk about that later. of course we can. Um, sweet. Well, that is what's the haps. Now we're going to finish up with I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Man, that what's the haps was absolutely awesome. Now we're going to go into one of the most emotional topics and one of my favorite topics is we are going going to go into I'm not mad, I'm just disappointed. Uh, forgive me right now, I'm doing a fantasy draft and they took my favorite player, Antonio Brown, so I had to get Julio Jones, which sucks because he plays the Eagles first, but that's okay. So, uh, but yeah, I'm not gonna mad. going to give you guys numbers. <laughs> yeah, I'm not mad, I'm just disappointed. And what we're talking about today is that I feel as... Uh, as Christian folk, as church folk, as Jesus lovers, that we are no longer giving kids a safe space to go to. Hmm. And again, it's not something that's angering me to my core or making me mad to my core. But I think about this. I think about when Jesus, because if we're not talking about Jesus, then what are we doing? You know what I mean? Yeah. I think about when Jesus was loving his people. And he was living on this earth and doing these three years, his three years of ministry. And I think about when the woman that was bleeding for 12 years, and she would go to all these doctors and they and it said that it made the doctors worse. Or it made her, it made her disease worse. That the doctors who were supposed to be professionals made it worse. And she said, Okay, well, if I just touch a little bit of Jesus, not even him, but a piece of his cloth, the little thread of his cloth that annoys him every time he walks because it's itchy. If I could just touch that part, I would be healed. Hmm. That's what she said. She didn't feel like she needed to come with her story. She didn't feel like she needed to come correct. She didn't feel like she needed to clean up all of her blood. She was probably bleeding as she went there. And she shows up into the crowd and touches Jesus's robe. And Jesus is, and Jesus, is, Jesus stops and says, who touched my robe? Most gangster thing in the Bible. I can feel right? power come out of how me. Many, how many people are around him? I can and feel power someone... come from me. Yeah, that's huge. Um, and that's good to Lynn. Like, yeah, like there are people around him. And that's what they said. They go, hey, bro. Um, so there's people around you. You're being a dummy. Like who could have touched your everyone? Anyone could have touched. And she said, no, someone touched it. 
And everyone kind of steps back as they're beginning to find out that this woman is now crying. And this is what I love about the Bible is it tells you what's happening succinctly and like direct. But I do wish, not that I do wish, but wouldn't it be cool if there was like a part where we could listen to what Jesus told that woman off script. Right. And Jesus sat with that woman and listened to her story. Gave gave her a safe space in the middle of everybody. Gave her a safe space. As she's still probably dirty and gross and disgusting, Jesus sat there and talked and spoke with her. Jesus gave that woman a safe space. And I think today, how are we giving people that safe space? Oh man, I think it's huge because uh, you know, being in the in the youth ministry at, at Kentwood. Um, and being in the youth ministry at the church, you get a little bit of everything. You get the kids that come in and they've, you know, taken a couple of airplane shots out in the parking lot, or you get the kids that come in and, and they're kissing on their girlfriend and they're a girl, or you get the kids that come in and, 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 you know, they, they feel so broken that they're not talking to anyone, but they're still not getting talked to because there's the Kai kid in the corner. And it's like, there's a lot of, of so many that that go on in these kids lives that, that as leaders we don't know um but to turn these kids away and make this church thing that we do um not a safe space for kids to be is is i think wrong because if if jesus didn't create that safe space for that lady that you were just talking about then 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 what what are we doing you know what i mean then what what is it that that we have to do to change our mindset on making kids feel welcome when they come to the church making kids feel like, okay, yes, you can come here. And, and there are things that in your world are not going to be perfect, but God loves you and we love you. So your, your mind can change. There, there, there are instances of people who come to church with a mindset that weed is my only outlet. And this is all I know. This is all I'm going to do until I figure out how to be better. And the only way they know how to be better is by creating the safe place for them to come to gain the knowledge to be better. Yeah. Does that make sense? That's good. And that's, you know, that kind of, my first episode was meet them where they're at. And some people might say, well, this is similar. And I'm like, I don't think it's similar. I think it's, Jesus met that woman where she was at, but then she gave that woman a safe space to speak to mm. him. And, that, and, and that's what I mean. And I love what you're saying about the different kids that you've ran into. But how many of those kids don't feel like they can go to the church because it's not a safe space and they feel like they're going to be judged? You know what Man, I mean? Every, yeah, every single one of them feel like they're going to be judged as they're walking in, but they still come, which is crazy. Yes. Is that, is that the, yeah, we're, we're creating a safe place for them to be. They don't feel like it's a safe place, but they're still there. Yes. So it's, it's, it's God doing work in them. It's us being consistent with them and, yes. and, and just continuing to love on them. Yes. Like, no matter, no matter what, continuing to love. Because it's not my job to judge you. It's my job to love you and for God to do work in you. We don't get the opportunity to, to tear people down. Mm-hmm. We get the opportunity to love. Yeah. We get the opportunity to be consistent, right? And we go back to that because it's real. We get the opportunity to be consistent with these people. Um, and, I, and I put them as these people, that sounds really bad, but we get the opportunity to be consistent with people mm-hmm. and love on people so that way God can work in their hearts, yeah. right? And it's just, it's not on us to be the ones who fix, hey, I, I'm not going to sit you down and be like, what you're doing is wrong. I'm going to sit you down and be like, hey, how can I help mm-hmm. you? You know what I mean? So just loving on these kids, man. Making it feel yeah. safe for them to be in a spot where there's nothing but love, mm-hmm. right? And so as cliche as it sounds, it's real. Yeah, and let kids know that this is – like I, I always tell all my guys, right? 
And they know I don't like when they make dumb decisions, but I always tell all my, my young life guys, if you were in a dumb decision early in the morning, you know, turn it up, you did something stupid, call me. I'll pick you up. I won't ask a question. I won't say a word. Yeah. But you could tell me. You could tell me. Yeah. And after you yeah. tell me, I'm not going to be judgmental. I'm, I'm, I'm going to shower you in love. Um, like Jesus flipping over the tables, but you know, like, <laughs> but always know that I'm gonna, I'm gonna love you, and this is a safe space. And as actually, as funny as four of my guys did this, and they hadn't done anything stupid, but they were at a friend's house and they had to leave super early in the morning, like six in the morning, bro. And the only reason I was awake was because I have trouble sleeping, and I was just getting super excited about this podcast. So I was like editing my podcast and just trying to get this first episode out as soon as I could. And what I loved about, I don't know what I loved about them is they knew that they could call me at 6am and that I would answer and that I would pick them up and that I would mm-hmm. buy the McDonald's and that I would talk to them. And then one of the guys said, Hey, I have a problem with this girl. Talk to me. And then I got to share with them, like, how to deal with this whole dating in high school thing and loving people and loving your mother and loving people that are in your life. And we sat for 30 minutes in the car after I picked them up, and it was a safe space. But they, I think the coolest thing was they knew that they could call me at 6 a.m. They knew that I loved them, and they knew that I would sit in the car when I was super tired. And I would just sit in the car and talk to them about, you know, real life stuff. Yeah. Not that they needed to get their lives saved or turn their life together right now or do this and do that. That's not what it was about. So, yeah, man. And- just listening and knowing that, you know, every kid's, every kid's story matters. Um, and if, 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 we're, if we're in the business of, of being with people and helping people, we got to learn to listen to people. Yeah. And so just sitting down and listening to that kid may have just changed his world. You know what yeah. I mean? Like hearing his story of how he is smoking weed and doing this and doing that. Just knowing that you're listening and not giving him the ridicule like, bro, you're not supposed to be doing that. This is what you're supposed to be doing. Because kids don't want to hear that, bro. What they want to know is that you're in their corner and that you love yeah. them. And that you're going to continue to walk with them through the dumb decisions they make. Yes, you give them like some guidance, of course. Sure. That's what we're you know what I mean? But you, you, the way we the way we come at kids is is, is whether or not they will pray with mm-hmm. you, right? So it's That's huge. Good. It's such a huge. It's such a huge thing. Man. That's so good, man. Sweet, sweet. Well, that is um, that was that was good. Uh, well, that is. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Thank you, guys. Thank you guys for listening so much, and uh, we'll see you guys next week on the Youth of the Nation podcast. Peace. Peace out, y'all. Thanks again for listening to the Youth of the Nation podcast. If you want to connect with me, there is a Google form that is in the description. You can leave your name, a question, or any feedback that you have. And also, don't forget to follow me on Instagram at underscore Kybird. Again, thank you so much for listening to the Youth of the Nation podcast. And don't forget, keep it real, keep it love. Peace.